Welcome to episode 30 of the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that, and now after being a full-time engineer for eight years, I'm proud to say that I've quit my job and I support my family just from the income for my online piano course. Today is a special episode because we've made it to episode 30 and I'm just so pumped about that. And what I've done for you today in episode 30 is I've gathered five really, really just A-list players who have just tremendous experience with online courses and I ask them one simple question. And that question is, what is the top advice that you have for somebody that wants to start their own online course? So these people are Pat Flynn, Amy Porterfield, John Lee Dumas, Phil Ebner, and Isaac Rudansky. And what I did was I brought back my co-host from like the first 20 episodes, Nate Dotson. Many of you are familiar with him from the first 20 episodes, who has his own profitable online course as well. And he co-hosted this episode with me, and we just went through the audio recordings from these five uh, just A players in the online course game. We listened to their feedback, the answer to that question, and then Nate and I commented on it. So it was, this, was, this was a really, really fun episode to be a part of. And so we'll jump into that conversation with Nate and the others right now. Hey, Nate, welcome back to the show. Thanks, man. It's, uh, it's been a while since we've had you on. So can, can you catch us up with anything new or what's been going on uh, with your online course? Yeah, I don't remember quite where we left off, but I don't think too much has changed. I have been um, just kind of doing some stuff behind the scenes, creating some new products. I've got like two products ready to go ready to start launching, uh, been putting out more content, which has required some extra effort on my part. Um, and just building the high level business plan for how I can scale this thing. And in well, you the know, early stages of implementing. Why don't we take a step back? Because when, when you first started joining me on this podcast is basically a, a co-host and you were the co-host for like 20 episodes. And then we kind of switched to more of an interview model where it's me and somebody else. Uh, but I like to bring you back from time to time. And, and I like to think about like, okay, where were you on that very first episode, right? That was um, maybe a little less than a year ago now. And you were just starting to implement some of this funnel stuff. And um, I want to say you were maybe selling like a course a week or something like that. So can you kind of take a, take a look back at where you were, you know, 10 months ago and then compare that to where you are now with microgreens farmer? Yeah, I think when I started, I, I was redoing my whole email sales funnel and just selling, you know, one course a week, maybe two. And I think it, I think my course was a hundred dollars cheaper as well. So since then I've raised my prices with your help, I've created a, um, a lot better email funnel and launch. Um, I've been relaunching it every four months. I've been improving my course and making that higher value, uh, keeping the price the same, but I think that leads to more sales. And like yesterday, I sold four courses for $300 a piece, um, not during a launch period, just on automated. The evergreen, evergreen. launch. Yep. That's awesome, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's like 1200 bucks in a day. Yeah. And I've, I've crossed the, I just crossed the hundred thousand dollars worth of sales of my online course, um, through Stripe, um, last week. And All right. yeah. And when I look at the year, when I look at the, like, I guess it's been about two years when I look at the chart, you know, just, it's really started spiking since 
we started talking on the podcast, it's really started going up. I just see it keep going up. So yeah, are you, exciting. would you say that you're as excited and, and bullish about online courses and, and information products as you were when we were getting started with this podcast? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Good. I would say, I would say I'm even more excited about it because in the, you know, this is, this is episode 30 of the podcast and I've never, I've started one other podcast before. I think I made it to like nine episodes and it, and it just fizzled out, not much interest. And I wasn't really passionate about the topic at the time. And um, the more people I talk to that have experienced this and had success with this, with just the most random uh, niches too, you know, the, of an episode that hasn't come out yet. Um, I interviewed a, a, a girl who does birding, right? So that's yeah. like bird watching and, you know, bird stuff, which I know nothing about, but you know, she's got an online course at it and she's, I think she has like the online course uh, on it, you know, that she's got competitors, but um, she's got one of the, the most successful ones and that's how she makes her living. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. The tech is easy now putting out content built, making your own content is pretty easy. Uh, you can do this stuff with free tools. Mostly it's, it's pretty miraculous. So I mentioned this is episode 30 and for that, I wanted to do something a little, uh, a little special to kind of celebrate. I'm super pumped that, you know, we were able to get this podcast to, to 30 episodes. And what I did was I reached out to some people that have had some uh, pretty significant success in online courses. And a lot of these people um, not only have had success with their online courses, but also do some training for other people on online courses. And they just, they know a lot about online courses and it's gonna be a lot of names a lot of people that you know, I'm I'm very familiar with you. You know who they are, and a lot of people listening to this uh, will probably know who most of them are. And so, what I have is actually they, they're not going to join us like and, and talk to us on this podcast episode. They they've recorded little voicemails for us. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play. I'm going to play one, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit, and then we'll we'll move on to the next one. And um, I've got five of them lined up here, and I think that's probably going to be a good number for this episode, depending on how the, the timing works out and how carried away we get with the after conversations. Uh, but I do have more than five, and if we want to you know, jump on and, and do another one of these episodes in the future, we can talk about uh, more of those. So um, if, you're, if you're ready, we can go ahead and get started with the first one. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what they had to say. Yeah. Well, you know, I listened, I've listened to each one probably one time and that was about a week ago and I'm excited to, to listen to it here again and, uh, and talk about it with you. And this will be your first time hearing these. Yep. And the first one is going to be from Pat Flynn. All right. So Pat Flynn is, uh, he's a lot of things. He runs smartpassiveincome.com. He is a podcaster. Uh, he has online courses. Um, he has an online course on podcasting that I've actually purchased. Um, and it's been a very, very good experience. And I love seeing how other people run online courses as well. I think his, this course was like six ninety seven, so it wasn't cheap. And honestly, one of, one of the biggest takeaways I've gotten from the course was just something he did in his process, as opposed to like the content of the podcast course was because as soon as I bought his course, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, within hours, I had a personal video message from Pat Flynn welcoming me to the course, calling me out by name 
And he used a software called Bonjour to do that. And ever since then, I've been doing that for my piano course. And I was looking at my stats the other day and I've sent over 750 of those Bonjouros to people. Wow. Yeah. And so that was a, the, the reason it was such a big takeaway because it was like, you know, Pat Flynn, he, he makes, he posts his income reports on his website. He makes like $200,000 a year and he sells all these courses. He does all this different 200,000 a year. Sorry. 200,000 a month. Yeah. Thanks for correcting me there. Yep. So well over a million a year. And for him to take the time, even though it was like 30, 40 seconds and just, cause that's something that doesn't scale. And, and to do that would just blew my mind. And like, if he, if he's doing this, there's no reason that I shouldn't be doing this. And everybody I talk to about all the courses, I push them to do it as well. I think it's a great thing. So that just kind of sets the stage. That's just a little bit about Pat Flynn. And so I asked Pat, um, you know, and I asked all these people the same question. What's your one piece of advice that you would give to somebody that wants to start an online course? Okay, so here's Pat's answer right here. Hey, this is Pat Flynn from the Smart Passive Income Podcast here. The best piece of advice I could give you for any online course that you might create is to make sure that you are offering some sort of transformation, and that's what you focus on. I've fallen into the trap before of trying to create a course that does everything, and when you do that, you're not solving the problems that they might have in the best way. And it's unclear to the person whether or not that's the right fit for them. So when you can make that transformation and that offering super clear such that they know that when they get access to this online course, they get this back in return. This is what happens if you do the work. Then it's going to be a bit much easier for you to sell it. You're going to be much more confident when you sell it. And it's going to be much more of a confident buy to the student that you offer it to. So the big, the big word there is transformation and, and Pat's big on that. I think this is uh, amazing advice. And the, the way that I like to look at what he has said is, you know, I always say, say that I'm not selling piano lessons. I'm selling the ability for you to play the piano competently in, in just a few you know, weeks time. And, um, and, and so you're transforming from somebody who doesn't know how to play piano to not that far in the future. You're somebody that can sit down and have fun at your piano. People want to hear you play piano. That's the transformation that's happening. And he mentioned that you don't have to teach everything in the course, right? Uh, and there's the, probably the most popular course in my niche is called Piano for All. It's everywhere. It's on Udemy. It's tons of affiliates. It's on ClickBank. It costs $19. And it's got way more content than my course. It's got, you know, how to play classical piano, how to play jazz piano, how to play pop piano. It's got all this content. And I have purposely tried to differentiate myself from products like that, where I'm teaching far less material, but the, the goal and the purpose and why somebody would want to take my course is hopefully just like unbelievably clear, you know, and, um, and I really try to focus on that transformation. I think that's important when people are making their course and also marketing their course is think about what is the transformation you're going for in your students. Yep. I totally agree. And it's just something I've more started to realize lately. Uh, I started working with a coach and I was talking to her in my first session and she said, you're in a position of transforming others. That's like a really powerful position and something that you really need to think about and embrace. And it's, I hadn't really thought of it like that. You know, I thought I'm just teaching some, teaching these people a skill, but really you're, you, you're changing their life. If you can, you know, help them do something and become a different person.
And it's, I, I agree. It's the most powerful way to market as well. Once you realize that. No, that, that's it. That's a good way to put it as well. I can remember when I got, first got this idea for my course, you know, about five years ago and my wife and I were just talking over dinner one night and she was like, well, what, you know, how much are people going to pay for this? And I'm like, you know, I, I'm not sure, but I'm thinking about 297, you know, about $300. And she almost fell out of her chair. She's like, who is going to pay $300 for that? And I think because of her reaction, honestly, like I started it at more like 97, um, but I was able to quickly get it up to 297. And it's been there ever since, at least for my most popular package. I've got one package that's more than that and one that's less than that. But here's the thing. It's like, I am giving people the ability to have this very powerful life skill. Like how many people want to be able to play the piano? And that ability for most people is worth way more than $300, right? So if you can, if you can really sell that transformation as opposed to just the features like, oh, you're getting a 21 module course, you know, each video is eight and a half minutes long. Like I, I'd never talk about that stuff, you know? And I probably need to focus even more on the transformation. And so, you know, you, th this coach that you mentioned saying, what did she say? It's like, you are transforming lives. You're on a position of transforming others. Yeah. So you're in that position. Like it's your, it's on you to do that. And that's, that's powerful. And yeah. um, you need to, you can't take that lightly and you don't want to, um, you, you want to charge more for that too. Right. Yeah. And it, it really connects you with your why and your mission of why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, and it really helps you focus in on what you need to do uh, to powerfully transform others. I mean, you can't do it half-assed or, you know, people aren't going to see results. Um, and it's sharing that transformation. And when you're speaking with them, talking about that transformation, you're putting that in, you're, you're putting that into their emotion. I mean, they can feel it emotionally. They can picture themselves becoming someone else. And that's like a powerful way to, to um, make sure that the, it's embedded in their subconscious so that they truly will like carry it out. It's like kind of like a law of attraction sort of thing where you need to get this, these powerful messages into your subconscious. So you're, you can continue to work on it even when you're not, you know, thinking about it. Yeah. So awesome, awesome advice from Pat Flynn. Um, yeah. And I want to say thank you to him so much for contributing to this episode and sending me that that voicemail there. He's, he's just, you know, I definitely wanted to play his first here cause he's just like the most genuine guy. I just, um, I've learned so much from him and his material over the years, whether it's his podcast or his blog. And you know, the more he grows, I feel like, like the even more like genuine and nice he comes across, you know, yeah. for anybody out there, um, who, who is familiar with him or, or not familiar with his stuff, you know, he's got some good online courses out there. I purchased one of them on podcasting to help, you know, with this, with this podcast, but he's got courses on affiliate marketing on just starting an online business in general. So um, definitely check out his stuff. If, if you haven't been there, go to smartpassiveincome.com and, uh, and check out his stuff. So next we're going to go to Amy Porterfield. And uh, Amy Porterfield is also an online marketer. She actually has a course on online courses. It's called Courses That Convert. Um, she sold a ton of copies of that. Um, I remember hearing about her talk about courses on Pat Flynn's podcast one time. And she was really talking about the, the kind of three to four part video series that you email out to people before your course is available for purchase. And I'd heard that before, you know, Jeff Walker product launch formula was kind of the inventor of that. 
But some good advice I remember hearing from her on that podcast was, hey, you know, script out these videos and stuff, but go, go away. Like go, go, um, go get a hotel room for a day or something and just get away from everything and just knock it out. And yeah. I thought that was awesome advice. And I reached out to her about um, some specific advice now, you know, same question as Pat Flynn. And um, let's hear what she had to say. Hey there, Amy Porterfield here. Congratulations on your 30th episode. So my advice for creating an online course is to spend extra time creating the outline for your course. Start with a big brain dump and get all your ideas out of your head and onto paper, whether that means put it in a Google Doc or write it in a notebook, but get all the ideas for your course out of your head. From there, I say spend a good week moving around the content, playing around with the flow of the content and figuring out where everything should go. Spending some time outlining the modules and then the lessons within the modules and thinking about the examples you want to add and the stories to include and the tips and the tricks and the strategies that you want to add for each of the modules and then the lessons. I think it's really important to spend time on the outline. I usually spend a good week playing around with the flow, finding the right roadmap in terms of how I want to teach the content. And then when I have it all mapped out, it's so much easier to move into the phase of recording all the content. Spend quality time creating your course outline. Good luck in all you do. Bye for now. Yeah, so thanks, uh, thanks to Amy Porterfield for providing that advice as well. And, you know, like I said, these are people that that clearly know what they're doing, and they're very much in a position to provide this advice. And what she's saying about the outline, it, that's that's pretty much how I teach things. It's one of the first steps is is to outline your course, and this is like a few words, like okay, this we're thinking about a lesson here, and then a lesson here, and you want to make sure you're thinking about it step by step, right? So. What's the first thing that somebody doing this needs to do? Okay, what's the second thing? So on. And then once you do your outline, and she was alluding to this, like you got to go back through it. You got to see if anything needs to be rearranged. And then you have to add to it, like indent underneath it. And let's add a story here. Let's add a sub module here, a, you know, a sub lesson. And, and really, you know, what I did with my online course about online courses was I did just that. And by the time it was time to record the course. Like I had a 20 page document that, that was ready to go. And it took me like four hours just straight to record my course. Like recording the course was the easy part, but it took weeks, if not months to work on that document first. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great advice as well. Um, especially from like a perspective, um, motivation sort of angle where, you can, if you see things in really small, if you can, you know, have all your, your break it down by topic and then subtopic and then subtopic, mm -hmm. you can see a lot smaller chunks and it'll feel a lot less overwhelming. So you can see this chunk of the course I need to make. This will take me one minute to record. And all of a sudden everything looks small and easy and something you can grasp. Whereas, you know, just thinking about doing it from scratch in your head, it's just going to be a daunting task and you're going to miss pieces. Um, I would also add to her advice, outline it as much as you can in as much detail as you can, and then try and cut out whatever you can too. Uh, just after you have that full outline, just eliminate everything you can that's not going to um, 
give people the most direct path to transformation, especially for the first version of your course. And you can always go back later, but yeah, I think this, I love outlining stuff. It's like, it's what I excel at. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, it just makes it so much easier for people to grasp what they need to do. You know, one thing I did with my piano course, now this was, you know, five years ago before I really knew what I was doing, but I think it was, it was not a bad place to start because I, I did kind of outline it. You know, my, my brand is piano in 21 days. So I kind of laid out my 21 lesson topics. And then what I did from there was I actually wrote a book first. Like I wrote my ebook of the course first. And then when it came time to record my course, I was not comfortable on camera yet. My face wasn't on the camera and I basically just read the book, you know, and then when it came time to demonstrate something on the piano, I did that. And that, that was kind of helpful. And that was kind of uh, outlining to an extreme because literally all my content was spelled out. So if you're not comfortable yet being on camera and kind of seeing a topic written down and then just talking on that topic for an extended period of time, maybe you do need to just completely script it out like that. Yep. Yep. All right. So thanks again to Amy Porterfield for sharing that advice. Uh, next on the list would be John Lee Dumas. John Lee Dumas uh, runs entrepreneuronfire.com and he is, what I know him most for is he started a daily podcast where he interviews entrepreneurs uh, called Entrepreneur on Fire. And, and the, I guess the other thing that people know him for is just how quickly he got to making like unbelievable amounts of money online, right? He posts his income reports and the way I remember seeing some of his early income reports and it was, it was his course on podcasting that, that really was making all of his, uh, most of his income for him. Uh, he has a course called podcasters paradise and, um, and he was kind enough to share some advice on this uh, topic of online courses as well. So let's go ahead and jump in and see what John Lee Dumas had to say. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. And my number one tip for somebody creating an online course is niche down. People try to create online courses that are going to serve a broad audience and then you just don't resonate with anybody because you're trying to resonate with everybody. Create that one course that is just for a certain niche of people be very specific to what their pain points are, their obstacles, their challenges, and just create the best possible solution, the exact solution that should be created for that specific sector of people. That's it. That's where you're going to get that momentum going. And then as you get that momentum going, then you can potentially broaden out on future courses into bigger and better and broader things. But start niche. Go one inch wide, one mile deep, and dominate that market. So the obvious question is like, how much do you niche down? You know, piano is a very, I would say very broad, right? And the way, the way that I niche down was like, I'm going to teach people piano fast. I, looking back, I definitely could have niched down even further. And now that I have a really good pulse on my audience, the one area that I could have niched down even further was focusing on, of older people like 50 or 60 plus i don't want to say like piano for seniors that seems like maybe too old but something like that because as it turns out that's most of my audience is that age and they just they've always wanted to learn how to play piano 
they maybe tried before and it didn't work or they just never got around to it, never had the time. Maybe they're newly retired, have a little extra time. And I've unexpectedly, unintentionally been serving that niche. But I think if I, if my product was like directly targeted at those people, it would sell even better to those people. And, uh, and, and I just didn't, I wasn't thinking about it in those terms when I created it. And then when I, when I created like the online course guy in this brand, you know, the way I wanted to niche that down as opposed to competing with like Amy Porterfield and, and big name people that have online courses is okay. Let's focus on hobbies, right? Things that don't, they, they could, but don't necessarily like make other people money. It's, it's little, little things around the house or something, you know, birding, uh, piano, uh, growing microgreens. I mean, just all, you know, I interviewed somebody the other day that's the stand up comedy, you know, somebody that is billiards. I mean, just all these random hobbies. And that's what I like to focus on here. So, um, niching down. And then the other part of what he said, I think is very important. I think I missed it the first time he said it, but like, you got to start niche down. And then once you build your audience and grow, then you can go more broader later on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, along similar lines um it's it's one of those topics where i feel like you have to be a little careful though because you don't want to niche down too much especially with your brand um you maybe when you create your brand create your brand so it has the potential to be a lot bigger like mine's microgreens farmer so now it feels harder for me to teach other farming stuff that's not microgreens um so maybe my brand should have just been you know farmer man, Nate or something like that. Yeah. And I could start with a microgreens course. Um, I, I think even more important than niching down is what you teach in your course is really just to create some sort of, some sort of unique hook about your thing. Um, and you don't necessarily have to niche down to do that. Uh, you can keep a, a large pool, but show how yours is different. You can, you can still maintain a large market, but differentiate yourself. It's like the, blue ocean strategy. It's what Russell Brunson talks about expert secrets. Um, so niching down, you, I mean, I think it's something you kind of got to be a little careful about. Uh, but I, but I agree that, you know, you definitely need to focus in your audience somehow. And, um, it's a lot easier to message people to, to get your messaging right when you have a smaller audience pool. Uh, so I'm a little conflicted on that. I know what he means. Most people, they just like, I want to create a piano course. I'm just going to create right. a course. Um, what do you I, think about? I think, no, I think, I think niching down is, is a good, good advice. Um, and I think, I think having a good hook, like you mentioned, like the main reason that people would want to buy your course is, is kind of also good, but different advice in my opinion. So let me give you a, a tangible example here. So one of the guys I'm working with, wanted to make a course on photography, right? So he's not going to just do a general photography course. Like that would never sell in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because that's just way, way, way too broad. So we've got to niche down from that to some extent. I think we have to niche down and also have a hook to an extent. And so we, we were talking about it. And at the end of the day, we decided what would be best for him is photography for new moms, right? Yeah. So so not, um, not just anything, but like the very specific, um, niche. Cause I was telling them how many new moms, like first time mothers, like go out and buy this really expensive camera cause they want to take great pictures of their kids, their babies, but then don't know how to use it. And, and I think he could really serve 
that, uh, that market. But a hook would be, I mean, that, that's part of the hook, but the hook would be more like, um, you know, without having to buy an expensive camera or, um, you know, spend a year learning it or something, something to that extent. So I think they almost go hand in hand too, but um, yeah. it's not like you, can, you have to do one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. He gave that advice because, you know, like entrepreneur on fire, that's on his, he started a podcast and his niche was just for entrepreneurs. Yeah. And that's not a very niche down topic, but he created it a unique selling proposition because it's a daily show follows a specific format. Mm -hmm. It's delivered with a lot of passion. So it was unique in that sense. Um, and you know, his online course, I don't, I'm not sure what online courses he sells. I think he has a podcasting one. Yeah. I'm not sure how niche down he made that, that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with in general that like, it's so much easier to attract an audience at first if you're pretty, pretty niched down. But I would also just say, don't just focus on niching it down, really focus on creating a unique opportunity. I think that's more important. Create a unique selling proposition like you teach in your course. I think that's fair. And, and um, to, to your point about like his podcast, I think the key is that he, he started serving a niche that wasn't being served. So there were no daily podcasts on, on entrepreneurship. And it was these people that, you know, would go to the gym every day or would commute every day and they would run out of, they would run out of, you know, podcast motivation and, and, he was actually serving himself. I think he tells a story about he was at the gym and he just like ran out of podcasts. And he's like, you know, why isn't there like a daily podcast on this stuff? And so yeah. he, he served a niche and it just de depends yeah. um, the, the size of, of what that audience is varies greatly depending on what it is. Um, but yeah. he didn't start just a, a general business podcast or, you know, he's, 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 it's, it's entrepreneurs and it's daily. So yeah. um, thank you again to John Lee Dumas for contributing as well. Um, this is, this is fun, man. This is a lot of fun. I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. hearing these different perspectives. Um, so next is going to be Phil Ebener. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, Phil is an online course guru. Uh, I've taken a couple of his online courses. He's very, he's got a huge presence on Udemy which is a, a place that you can go that hosts your online course and you, you could, you buy it from them. Like they do everything there. It's, it's, um, it's all on their platform, but I've taken like a YouTube marketing course from him. And I think something else, um, he's, he's great in front of the camera. In fact, he's got it on his YouTube channel channel. He teaches a lot of just like video editing stuff and camera stuff and being on camera um, audio things as well, but he, he does a lot. It's, he's, he's very focused on online courses. He actually has a podcast too on online courses. It's called online course masters, I believe. Um, and, uh, just, uh, we've never, we've never spoken like one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we, we've exchanged emails and things and he just comes across as just so genuine and like just wants to help people so badly. And it's, it's just awesome. So, uh, let's go ahead and see what Phil had to say about online courses. My number one piece of advice at this point is to truly care about actually helping people. This leads to you creating an amazing course that people love and leave great reviews for, which helps it rank higher wherever you're selling. It helps you get better testimonials. 
And really, if you truly care about making a great course and helping people with it and not just about the money you make from it, that's why people are going to buy it because that comes across and it's your personality and you as the instructor in this crowded marketplace of courses that stands out as the helpful one, as the one that creates the amazing course that actually helps people out. So make sure you remember that throughout the entire process, even when you're answering the same question for the thousandth time. Nate, I don't know about you, but this may be my favorite advice so far. And, and I'll tell you why. It's because when I first got this idea and when I wanted to get into online business, my first, like the reason and my, my thought process wasn't just think about how many people I can help. That's not what I was thinking. I was thinking, how much money can I make while I sleep? You yeah. know? And, and that's cool. Like, that's really cool. The passive income part. But I had no idea how impactful just my knowledge and the way I present things and the way I teach things um, could be and how far the reach could be. And um, that's, that's unbelievable. The, just being able to help people, genuinely help people on, the, on a daily basis, um, learn piano or learn how to make an online course, change their life, transform. It is, it's unbelievable. And um, so I think, uh, I think this is just awesome advice and it's advice I wish that I could have had five years ago. And I think I would be even more successful because I think when you do genuinely want to help people that the success and everything will, will follow. And I think that once I kind of made that transition myself into being more focused on my customer and making sure they're successful. Um, that's when my business really started to be successful. Yeah, I totally agree. I think just as a business owner, you need that, you need that sense of purpose like that. That needs to be somehow connected to your sense of purpose to provide your motivation to do the work you do every day. It's way more fulfilling than looking at your, your payment account and seeing payments come in. It's way more fulfilling getting those emails from people that, you know, said this, this changed my life. This changed my whole perspective. This set me on a new path. Um, it's hugely important. It's something I think about a lot. I have it like written on my wall here. Um, and what do you, you have know, written it, on your wall? It says, um, who will I, it says, what gift can I give the world today? Awesome. Yeah. Um, and you know, it just, it, it helps you create, a better product as well. Um, that's, I thought a lot about that as I was creating my product, you know, what do people really need to, to truly help them? A lot of people, I feel like some people might create a course just to make it look good in marketing, but you really need to focus on creating a course that's going to get the best results possible. Um, and you'll find a way to sell it later, you know, just, just focus on getting amazing results. When you get, when you help people get amazing results, you're going to get testimonials pouring in, you can share those testimonials. Those will be a huge motivation for more people to buy your course. It's a virtuous cycle. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think about it a lot, yeah. but I also, you know, the double-edged sword with this stuff is that some people, you know, you're really not helping and you're maybe hurting them because they're buying your course and they're not going through it. Um, that's something I've always, I've struggled with a little bit, you know, trying part of helping people is to, to, get people who you don't think are going to take action in your course not to buy. Um, Cause you're not doing anyone a service selling them a course that you don't think they're going to go through or it's not going to benefit them. It's something I've been working 
to try and do more of um, and um, be coming out with some stuff, more stuff soon about what, who my course doesn't work for and get crystal clear on that. Yeah, that's good. I think um, that's a very mature thing to try to do because, you know, it's, it's easy to want to just make as many sales as possible. I think I focus more on the trying to motivate them after the sale too. And I've noticed, you know, I mentioned this, the personal videos I do after every sale, um, it serves several purposes, you know, refund requests go down. Um, it, it just increases general rapport. It makes people more willing to like reach out to me if they, if they feel stuck and have a question. Um, yeah. yeah, it makes me a little more approachable. And I've found that in general, it just kind of makes people more successful too, because they're more likely to get started. They're more likely to stick with it. And when you have, when you're going through an online course with a teacher that you see on the screen and as you're going through the course, if you know, at any given moment, you're watching this guy, you know that he has personally like reached out to you, you've talked or whatever. Um, I think that's powerful. And that's, that's how I felt when I was going through Pat Flynn's course. And I think that made help to make me more successful with it. So I, that, that's, that's just one small example about how you can, that how you can convey that you really care and, and want to uh, make an impact on the other person's life. And um, the one other thing I'll say about this is, and I probably mentioned this on the podcast before is that's one of the reasons I quit my job. And it wasn't like, it wasn't about as much the money and, you know, set benefits. And um, there, there was a lot of factors, but one of the biggest factors was, you know, I'd go about my day and I was working for this big company and, like I couldn't see the impact of my work. Like if I didn't show up anymore, would the world be any different, right? Or would any one person's life be any different? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure for a lot of people that work a full-time job, you know, they're not in that position. You know, if you're, um, you know, a brain surgeon, okay, you're directly impacting people's lives, right? But I couldn't see that with my job as an engineer, uh, but now I absolutely can. I get, you know, emails and all kinds of things, um, all the time, just like, man, I just never thought I'd be able to learn how to play piano. And you've, you've helped me to get that gift. And, um, I, you just can't beat that. That's unbelievable. Absolutely. It's a fulfilling way to live. Yes. And the, if you can make money while you sleep while doing that, I think that's just, yeah. <laughs> that's a win for everybody. Yeah. So thank you again for Phil, uh, to Phil for, uh, providing that awesome advice. Um, we're going to do one more. We're going to do one more. You know, originally, Nate, I, I, was, I had this uh, grand idea to do 30 of these, but that would, that would just take hours because uh, it's yeah. the 30th episode. Um, so I think five is a good number. And this last one um, is a guy that I love, uh, but it's a, it's a little bit longer of a clip. It's more like four minutes where these other ones have been closer to one. But let me set the stage a little bit. This guy's name is Isaac Rudansky, and he has some of the – most, I'm trying to figure out the right words, um, well-made courses that I've taken. I've, I, to my knowledge, he has three courses he's made and I've gone through all of them, some of them more than one time. And his, his teaching style is, is, is awesome. And the production quality on the back end uh, is, is amazing. And the content is amazing. And the flow is amazing. Uh, huge fan. And so he, he's kind of a, He's a, he's a marketing expert. Um, the three courses that he has that I've taken would be the first one is AdWords, Google AdWords. So paid advertising on Google. He has a remarketing course and he's got a course on like landing page optimization, web, pi web 
uh, webpage psychology, uh, which was fascinating. And so I took his AdWords course originally. And for the first time in my business, I had res good results on AdWords after taking his 12 hour course. And, um, and then subsequently I've outsourced my AdWords account to his company and they do a good job for me. I've been working with them for about a year. And, um, and then, you know, I took it, um, they do my remarketing as well. And then I took his, his webpage psychology course. And through that, I was able to personally just kind of revamp my website according to the principles that he was talking about. Um, and so this guy definitely knows online courses and he knows marketing really well. And I'm uh, so glad that he was able to provide some input on this uh, topic as well. So once again, the question is, what is, uh, if you could give one piece of advice to somebody who wants to start an online course, what would it be? And here is Isaac Rudansky's answer. Hey, Jacques, I actually was just starting to record this on, um, on SpeakPipe, but I was only a minute and a half. I got cut off, so I'm going to start again over here. So I want to first start off thanking you for your very kind words. I love the picture. I shared it with the team, and it was just last week that I was speaking with Ari and the rest of our management team here talking about your account, how things are doing. Um, and so I very much appreciate your business um, in a real way, and, and I'm thankful for the kind words that you've given me about, about the course and the education, that, that it's meant something to you. I'm very happy about that, and I'm, and I'm extremely happy that it's been helpful and useful to so many people. Um, and I think what you're doing is great. I'd love to be on the podcast. Sounds fantastic. So the number one piece of advice that I personally have for people who want to create a successful online course is to remember and to realize that most of the concepts that the instructor himself or herself feel are, 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 are simple and, and too dumbed down maybe and rudimentary or sophomoric are really in fact advanced and complicated things for most of the people who are gonna be watching this course. And I think that that's a very, very useful thing to keep in mind and if you understand that it's true, it will really make a big difference in how you create your course because instructors might spend lots of time trying to go extremely advanced to sort of the, the higher reaches of the, the conceptual understanding of their craft whether it be music or analytics or anything else, um, while the people who are watching this course actually will find um, a much higher degree of usefulness and practicality in simpler concepts understand, under, understood simply and explained simply. For example, like the most successful parts of my course were how to set up an AdWords account step-by-step. Step. People are looking for simple step-by-step step instructions that they could follow along with, that they could really understand, that they could really get a firm grasp on. And those are the concepts that they want to learn. The same concepts that they want to learn, rather, are the concepts that you or the instructor probably think are way too simple to have in an online course, but that's not true. You, the, the, just to repeat, the concepts and the skills that you feel are very, very simple and, and easily understood and, and common sense almost are the same concepts that are much more complicated and much more advanced to the people watching the course. Um, and, and, it, and it sort of makes sense when you think about it. You know, let's just take myself, for example, with, with learning AdWords and remarketing. Um, the course focuses on a lot of simple concepts, how to create an AdWords account, basic psychological principles and landing page design. Um, just understanding the basic ideas of remarketing. 
These are things that are to me second nature because I spend all my time doing this. I've been doing this for many years. Um, I spend a lot of my time researching it, getting an education, remembering these concepts, going further deeper into these concepts. But that's not the stuff that people want to really learn or people really need to learn. People are looking for simple, step-by-step, actionable advice that A, gives them a firm, fundamental understanding of the concepts, and B, they could follow along with step-by-step and they could feel good about actually doing it along with the instructor. So that's what I think is the most important thing um, for online instructors who want to create online courses is, is, is break down the concepts in as simple terms as possible. Don't focus too much on the advanced concepts. Of course, the, of course, there's a market for advanced topics, but there's a much, much bigger market for the basics. Any Excel training course that covers the basics is way more popular than, than an advanced Excel course that covers more advanced topics. The market's the biggest for the simpler ter- things. There will be a market for the most simple, fundamental concepts of, of whatever it is that you're giving over. And break it down in a way that your students could really follow along with. The goals throughout the course are achievable, are attainable, um, and that's the way you'll have a lot of success. Just remember, what you find to be simple, your students are going to find to be advanced, and they're going to be really appreciative and, and enjoy that information if you, could, if you could convey it in a simple way. So that's my advice. Jacques, thank you very much again. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. All right, that was Isaac. Uh, let me give let me give a, a very like tangible example of what he's talking about and how I've seen this play out with my course. I've recorded my course four times now, and and I you know the reason that I record re-record is is I get better at teaching, I get better equipment, um, I get more more comfortable on the camera, and I get feedback from people that have gone through the course on where how it could be better. Okay, the very, if you look at the very first version of my piano course, you know, day one was like, learn the keys or something. And it's, and it was probably like a minute long video, like, okay, here's C and here's D, E, F, and so on. And like, okay, now go memorize them. And I didn't spend very much time on that because it's like, okay, people can just learn these and then we need to move on to the next lesson. What I found out was people weren't actually learning the keys and then it just set them up for failure down the road because when it came time to say play a chord and I asked them to play a G minor chord, well, they were struggling to just find G much less the chord. So because I found out that people were having trouble with like the most simple part of learning the piano, I spend like probably more time on just learning the keys than anything else in my course now. And, and I just, just hammer in the fact that, guys, you have to truly learn these keys. Just because you know how to find the middle C and can count to, to, the, to the note you're trying to find doesn't mean you know how to know that you know the notes. And you have got to master these before you move on to the next day. And I've added tons of exercises, all kinds of stuff in day one now. And, and it's been so much better yep yep yeah a couple things really stuck out to me one of them is you know knowing where your customers at uh in their learning process he mentioned this briefly but like if there's space for more advanced courses as well Um, so this advice is mostly like targeting a beginner's market um that's where they really need the system and the show telling them everything explaining everything and it I think about um, something that you you and I have both kind of talked about and taught a little bit is that um, you don't have to be like a total expert to teach an online course, 
because, and sometimes that's worse. It's better to teach it as you're learning it and getting results because you're in that beginner's mindset. Um, so you know exactly what struggles people are going with. It's a lot easier for you to get all those little details in it. If you're, if you've been doing this for 30 years, you don't remember, it's hard to connect with what it's like to be a beginner. Um, if you are coming from that place, I would, I would advise you to talk more to customers before you even create the course, get on the phone with a bunch of them, ask them everything they're struggling with and, and use that to create your course. Um, but it's a great method too, just to like be teaching something as you're learning it and getting results. It's a powerful way to create a course and connect with that beginner's mindset. Well, that that's true because when I started to put my course together, I was probably 27 and I started playing piano myself when I was five. So that's when I learned the notes because there's, there's only 12 of them. And um, so for, you know, 22 years, it's been second nature about the notes. And so that's why I spent so little time on that first lesson. I thought people were, you know, they really needed to help with the chords and, and some of the other more advanced techniques. Um, but they were, they, I was, like I said, setting them up for failure right at the beginning by not helping them with this just so like such a basic small thing, but I just took it completely for granted because I had been playing piano my whole life and it was hard for me to relate to somebody like that. And so fortunately, you know, down the road, I was able to get that feedback and understand where yeah. people were struggling. But if I would have done a better job of, um, you know, pulling people and maybe teaching this a little bit more in person up front, um, as opposed to you, where you were just kind of, you know, you didn't have as much experience with microgreens. You didn't have the experience with microgreens that I had with piano when I started my course. So I think it was probably easier for, to put yourself in that beginner perspective because you were so much closer to that yourself. Yep. Absolutely. And I would, I would say just do your very best for your first iteration of your course um, whenever questions start coming in, you know, mark that down for videos you can improve or modules you can improve and take all those questions and put them into a Q&A in the course. So, you know, if other people are having those questions, they can at least refer to that until you redo your course. Um, you know, once you get, once you start building up your, your Q&A, take the time to just redo your course and put those into your materials. Uh, but just do your best in the beginning. So let me, let me put you on the spot, Nate. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. Yeah. Do you, what, what's your answer to this question? What's your top advice to somebody that wants to start an online course? My top advice for someone that wants to start an online course. Um, don't focus, don't focus or even think about creating an online course <laughs> whatsoever. Um, get, just start helping people online YouTube, Facebook, start getting that content out there, create your lead magnet that can help people. And once people are coming in, start talking to them, sending them surveys, asking them what they're struggling with and see if an online course is something you should create. And when you're ready to create that online course, ask them exactly what you should put into it and create the exact course they need. I couldn't agree more. And you know, my answer, like I've got so many pieces of advice on online courses and you know these guys um, have shared some some awesome stuff that I would definitely back up and, and I agree with what you're saying um, but if I had to say just one thing right now I think it, it could change but I would say start a YouTube channel yeah and don't don't worry about anything else right now don't worry about creating a snapchat account and an Instagram account and 
um, making the prettiest website you've ever seen. I would say if you want to do one thing right now, it would be start a, a YouTube channel and get good at showing people things on video because video isn't going anywhere. It's only getting more and more important and YouTube isn't going anywhere. It's only getting more and more important. I have a video that I made five years ago that's still ranking number one in both YouTube and Google for learn piano fast. And what better search term for my target audience than somebody actively searching for learn piano fast. And without that one video that I made five years ago, let's say I never made that video. I, my business would know we nowhere near where it is today because those people searching for how to learn piano fast may have never found me and my material. And, and that's pretty much who I'm trying to serve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so your advice is very similar to mine. Yeah. Focus yeah. on that. Focus yeah. on that. Um, it, that's kind of the hardest part really is starting to build your audience and getting leads, selling them something, creating an online course to help them is, is easier. But what about, what is your number one piece of advice then of the actual mechanics of creating the course? Well, I think, I think it would probably mirror what Amy Porterfield was saying about the outline because you can't just, you can't just start recording your course. It'll take, it'll take way too long and then you'll have to do way too much editing on the back end. If you spend the correct amount of time up front with the outline and, um, and the details within the outline, then it's the recording your course is actually easy. And yeah. I mean, the other thing I would say is, is part of what you said would be the ask part, right? You want to, you want to have an email list before you actually have a course to sell. That way you have people that are interested in your topic that you can literally ask them like, Hey, where are you struggling in this niche? And you want to answer, you want to, you want to provide solutions to those struggles within your course. Yeah. So that once it goes for the last thing you want to do is spend all this time making a course and then not make any sales like that. Yeah. That's, that is, that just makes you want to give up. But if you know that you're providing what your audience wants before you even make it, then, I mean, you're going to be successful. Yeah. And I would, I would kind of combine what Pat said with what Amy said. And um, when you start your outline, think about the transformation you want someone to have, write those bullet points, exactly how you want them to change and use that as like the big picture of your, of your outline and then fill in all the details of what you need to do to get them there and then cut out whatever garbage is going to, is going to slow them down or get in the way or is kind of irrelevant to get, make them have that transformation. Nate, I, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Um, I appreciate you joining me for this to talk about uh, this different stuff. This is this one podcast episode, hopefully is going to be an amazing resource for people kind of just starting out and, and get some, a lot of different perspectives on um, what is going to help them be successful. So uh, yeah. thank you again, Nate, for joining me this on this. And uh, why don't we just wrap up by you telling people where they can find your stuff online? Yeah, I'm uh, at microgreensfarmer.com. Uh, I have a microgreens farmer YouTube channel. I just started an Instagram account. I have a Facebook group. I teach people how to grow and sell microgreens, which are kind of like fancy garnishes to chefs and farmers markets and all that kind of stuff. Uh, one more piece of advice though I have to insert in there for people that are listening to this is just, you can, you can do this thing. Like you don't need to be a tech nerd. Um, with the tools available online, anyone can do this. If you're motivated to do this, you can do it. Like believe in yourself, know that it's totally possible. 
you can crank out a course in a few weeks if you if you have the drive and, and allocate the time. So yeah, you can do it if you're out there listening to this. Thanks, Nate. Well, thank you again to Nate and all the others that joined me on the podcast today. I really appreciate everybody's contributions to this podcast. And it was, like I said, one of the most fun episodes that I've had the opportunity to record. And for those of you out there listening that are ready to get started with your own online course based on whatever hobby or passion it is that you have, head over to the onlinecourseguide.com. I've got a free quick start guide waiting for you. It's the eight steps to turning your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. So go ahead and head there now and get started. And I look forward to working with you on your own online course.